And we are back with more on Newstalk Saga 960. So very glad you could join us on this midweek edition of the Mark Petroni Show. Hey, what a thrill to have Danielle Smith on the show. She is a former leader of the Wild Rose Party. And Danielle now is, um, is running to be leader of the United Conservative Party of Alberta. The uh, Well, I guess that's, that's the name of it now, the United Conservative Party of Alberta. Um, Danielle, I got to know Danielle a little bit when I was covering politics for uh, the late great Sun News Network and uh, writing columns for the Calgary Sun. Uh, and Danielle has continued to fight. She, she worked as a uh, as a radio host for a while and now is back in the arena. Welcome to the show, Danielle. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mark. Talk about your plans for the province of Alberta once you become premier. Well, it's time for Alberta to assert itself in confederation and develop a new relationship with the rest of Canada. That was really the starting point for me, because part of what's happened in our province is we're called the United Conservative Party, but we're not very united at the moment. There were about six or seven different groups that were all forming, especially after the equalization referendum that took place in our province, where we got a strong mandate saying we should end the practice of equalization, and then there was no action on it. So for me, trying to keep our conservative movement united means that we also have to fix some deep-seated problems that we've got with Confederation. So that's really where I launched my campaign, is that we've got to start that conversation now. All right, exactly. Uh, What are the nuts and bolts of what you've got planned? Uh, And what are the implications for Canada, in your view? The main thing, well, I think the implications for Canada are huge, because we're headed down a track where one or more provinces are going to go bankrupt if we continue at this pace of government spending. And yet Alberta is one of the most productive regions in the entire country. We've got higher workforce participation, higher incomes, and as a result, we transfer a lot of money to uh, to central government that they use to, to, to help support programs and services elsewhere. But we're, we're facing a real demographic crunch where we continue to have a young population and the aging population elsewhere at the same time as we haven't seen the boomers yet go through health care and long-term care and the pension system. This is going to become unaffordable. Um, and when we, I think Albert, Alberta has always been prepared to be a supportive partner in confederation, but now we have a hostile federal government that's imposing economic sanctions against us. So We've got this attitude where we'll keep on paying Alberta, but we want to shut down your energy sector, which has been a source of so much wealth and prosperity and jobs, not only for us, but for the rest of the country. So we've got to to push back and say, I'm sorry, this is uh, not a relationship that's working anymore. We want the same level of respect that Quebec has. And so part of the plan is to just assert ourselves in Confederation, just like Quebec has. If Ottawa starts treating us the same way they, they do Quebec, backing out of our areas of provincial jurisdiction, allowing us to develop our own wealth and resources, uh, staying out of our social programs, and I think that we, we can really have a, a constructive conversation about how to fix the country. Yeah, it is interesting you uh, raised the issue of Quebec. I mean, they had two failed sovereignty votes, and um, despite that, they have now managed to push their agenda in pretty well any direction they want to go in, and people allude to your sovereignty plan. So when you're, you're going to use the term like sovereignty, obviously it's going to make people wonder whether or not really you're talking about independence. Uh, is there a path for independence somewhere along the line of what you've got? Assuming that you don't get the kind of things that you need for Albertans, is there a path there 
I think that sovereignty should be taken in the context that it's been used in Quebec and in our First Nations. We've heard uh, Quebec talk about being a nation within a nation. And in fact, it just got affirmed in the federal parliament where the, uh, they put forward a proposed change to their constitution in relationship with Canada, where they affirmed that the French language was the principal language in the nation of Quebec. That got all party approval. No one seemed to think that that was an outrageous thing for them to assert. As a result, Saskatchewan said, guess what? Saskatchewan's a nation within a nation, too. In British Columbia, they, uh, they've also taken another step in saying, we're not going to enforce um, uh, the federal laws on controlled drugs and substances. So every single province is now taking the assertive role of saying, we just do things a little bit differently here. And uh, Alberta's going to do the same. I think that we should assert that we are also a nation within a nation. We clearly have a unique culture in our province that we want to preserve. A lot of it centers around entrepreneurship, merit-based economy. Anyone can come here from anywhere around the world and start a business and succeed. And we want to be able to to preserve that. We can't continue to preserve that if we've got a hostile federal government imposing sanctions against us. So I'm hoping that if we start doing some of the things Quebec has done, collect our own income tax, have our own provincial police so that we can choose our enforcement priorities, have our own employment insurance plan and our own pension plan, make sure that our immigration system is meeting the needs of our economy. If we start doing those things, maybe we will get the level of respect out of Ottawa to show that we're serious this time about being treated as a senior player in Confederation. I I hope that we can repair the relationship. I haven't given up on Canada. I know that there's a lot of people who have. But I think that the notion of sovereignty is going back to how our Constitution was originally written and renegotiated. Each province has areas where they have exclusive rights to exercise their area of jurisdiction, and the federal government keeps on driving in our lane. So we're just telling them, get back in your own lane. you got a lot of work you need to do, and they've got to figure out how we're going to assert ourselves on the international stage, how we're going to meet our commitments on national defense. Heck, they've got to figure out how they're going to manage their passport offices, which are an, a wreck. They, they shouldn't be trying to ma- micromanage provincial affairs. So I think if Ottawa stays in this lane, we stay in ours, you can have peaceful coexistence with provinces as diverse as Quebec and Alberta. I think the problem is that the federal government keeps on trying to impose um, an, an approach that is contrary to our interests. And we've just had enough here. Yeah, and I never really figured out why others in Alberta didn't push. I mean, you can go back to Ralph Klein and, um, you know, his moves to uh, butt heads with, with Ottawa. I mean, you know, as well as I do, when you're talking especially about a liberal government in Ottawa, they're, ne- they're never going to stop encroaching and uh, calling for more power, more centralization, because that's who they are. And so at some point, it was inevitable that they would uh you know, pushed to the point where it would upset and anger provinces. And so the fact that Alberta now is standing up for itself, I think is is great news. And nobody should be outraged by it. Nobody should be, uh, you know, afraid of what might happen. And yet you have come under attack from those who say, well, Daniel Smith uh, wants to basically have a system whereby Alberta abides by the laws it likes and ignores what it doesn't like, and that was in the National Post. And so here we have uh, some of the national media already pushing back, you know, this, this sense of trepidation. You know, they're, they're already afraid of Pierre Polyev, and now they've got somebody else to be concerned about. 
Uh, how do you see this playing out over time? Are we talking about legal fighting here? Are we talking about getting into the courts, the Supreme Court? I mean, uh, do you see a, a prolonged uh, battle with the feds over who can do what? I don't needs to be a fight at all. I think by asserting that Alberta sovereignty matters, what we're doing is we're asserting that the Constitution matters. I think the federal government is lawless right now, frankly, especially these last two years. They've acted like the Constitution doesn't exist at all. They violate our provincial jurisdiction. Uh, when we push back against them, they just dig in. Uh, when they violated the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and acted like it didn't exist at all. So I, I think what they have done is they've created so much investor and business uncertainty. No one has any clear idea of who's responsible for approving what, how long timelines are going to take to approve. They've cost uh, our businesses billions of dollars in foot dragging and regulatory costs. And so what we want to do is just assert that the Constitution matters, that we will defend our provincial jurisdiction, and we will also defend the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and the rights of our citizens, so that if the federal government passes legislation that violates those things, we'll just say, no, we're not enforcing that. If you want an, an example of where I think that's going to come in, just look at what happened last year when the Emergencies Act was declared, and as we're seeing with the testimony in the House of Commons completely illegitimately, Quebec convened their, their assembly and said, no, we're not enforcing that. We should have done the same thing. When they started freezing and seizing bank accounts, we should have said, mm, move your money over to a credit union. It is provincially regulated, and we won't enforce that. They are now talking about making it required to have jabs every nine months. Right. Required is the language that the health minister... Uh, Jean-Yves uh, Duclos is saying, um, sorry, healthcare is a provincial jurisdiction, and I believe in bodily autonomy, which includes the right to medical choice. So no, we're not going to be enforcing that. I think that that will probably be the first showdown if they start trying to mandate and discriminate and cut people off from society. That, that to me, is again a lawless government, and they need someone who's going to stand up for them using the Constitution and using the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So, yeah, if we say, no, we're not enforcing that, and they take us to court, I'll fight that all day long because they've been doing the reverse to us. They've been invading our jurisdiction, forcing us to go through court, taking years to try to get things resolved. The, the very simple way for us to not have these battles is for them to stay in their own lane. And I'm hoping by drawing the line in the sand that they're going to respect our Constitution, our powers, and the rights of our citizens. And if they don't, we'll make sure that we force the matter. Amen to that. Um, no more lockdowns ever. No more lockdowns. No more lockdowns here. No, and and I, I don't think people should be surprised by that because lockdowns were never a tool for pandemic response. I mean, uh, quarantining sick individuals—that's totally legitimate. Quarantining everyone, even those who aren't sick and have no symptoms, that has that never made any sense. That's not good practice. And what has happened is that it's disrupted the education of our children. I just got an, an email from uh, one of our our um, medical practitioners who's concerned about mental health for kids, very concerned that we've created an environment where we are going to have a generational problem dealing with the mental health of children, the anxiety that we've caused, the fear that we have caused, the division that we have caused by dividing people along lines of whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. The, the, the callousness, I think, that our politicians dealt with our children and the next generation, we cannot do that to them again. They've already had three school years disrupted. 
there's no way not in Alberta. We're not going to be uh, allowing a fourth school year to be disrupted. We will make sure that we take care of our most vulnerable because now that we know after two years who's most at risk, it's our seniors in congregate care, many with pre-existing conditions. And there are ways that we can make sure that we're testing, that when somebody is diagnosed, that we give them effective therapeutics so that they, their condition doesn't deteriorate. Those are the ways that we protect our seniors without sacrificing our kids. We, we simply just won't do that again. As a um, former uh, commissioner of the CRDC, I was intrigued by your plan to protect uh, Alberta from this potential censorship law bill c11 being pushed through and uh i thought it was, it was interesting some of the comments that i heard well, maybe it's, you seem to be musing at the time or maybe it's more than that the idea that uh if it comes down to it that that will simply not apply in alberta that the censorship that the online censorship being proposed by the trudeau regime is simply just not going to happen in alberta yeah one more area where i think if the federal government is stepping out of their lane and violating the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and press freedom, freedom of conscience, freedom of expression, freedom of assembly. Those are that, those, that section two of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, that they're going to trample all over our foundational documents. Someone's got to stand up and say, sorry, not here. So internet, uh, I think that internet-based news media should feel like they can have a safe haven here. If we have to create an environment where we, ha- we can regulate them in a different way so that they have the ability to freely broadcast, I'd be looking at ways to do that. So I, I did a, a, a press release on this, and we're sending out a video as well saying that uh, if, if, if it comes right down to it, let's use the Starlink system from Elon Musk so that we can <laughs> escape the regulatory environment of the CRTC if they're going to, to, uh, to, to, to try to threaten to shut down terrestrial-based internet companies because they regulate them nationally. Fair enough, let's use one that's not terrestrial-based and let's make sure that we, we can protect the freedoms of, of uh, our broadcasters. Uh, but the point should be, stop doing this, Ottawa. That my, my, I, am, I am always going to try to find a way to preserve freedoms, to preserve rights. And if Ottawa keeps coming at us, we will keep finding workarounds. That, to me, seems the most obvious way. But they should stop doing these things in the first place. And then they won't face a hostile reaction from us. But there's no way that we can sit by and allow our our alternative media to be suppressed and to be censored. Yeah, I mean, it should be uh, no surprise to anybody that if you're going to allow yourself to have the the crap kicked out of you by Ottawa and you're not going to fight back, then you're going to keep getting it. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, the bully taking your lunch money. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 they're not going to stop un- unless you push well, back. Totally. I mean, ask any parent who's had a bullied kid. Did did writing a letter work? No. Did, did, did asking nicely work? No. Normally when, uh, when, when these kind of things get resolved, it's because the bully gets punched in the nose. They realize, oh, gosh, that didn't feel so good. I'm not going to do that again. And so I just uh, I simply don't believe that we can sit here in Alberta being a victim, acting powerless. We're not powerless. We have some of the most extensive oil and natural gas resources in the world. We are a major food producer and food exporter. We have all of the materials that we need in the forestry sector. We have a tech industry. We've got innovation here. Why are we acting like a junior player? We're not going to do it anymore. And maybe that be we had a smaller population before. We're just finding our feet. Maybe we didn't feel we could take some of these on, but we're now four and a half million people. My projections from what I've seen look like we may be uh, the second 
most populous province sometime around 2050. I mean, Quebec's doing everything they can to suppress their population growth. We're growing like gangbusters. And we also are going to have the second largest economy in the country within the next few years. So why don't we assert ourselves? If we're going to be a senior player, let's act like it. Maybe we didn't have the confidence to do that before, but we need to have that confidence now. Well, maybe that growth is scaring the daylights out of Ottawa because economic growth, you know this, I don't have to tell you, Economic growth eventually translates into population, and political power has to follow all of that. And uh, guess what? They don't like that. The Laurentian elites don't uh, want power taken away from them and moved west. I think that's something that they uh, that they abhor the idea. And so they, if they can, you know, knock you down to size every uh, month or two or year or so, then, you know, they can remind you and put you in your place. I think part of this is that kind of attitude. What, what say you? You're right. But a constitutional reckoning is coming because with the numbers I just shared with you, do you, do you really think Alberta is going to sit back when we're the second most populous province and say, oh, Quebec gets a guaranteed number of House of Commons seats and we don't. Hmm. Quebec gets 24 Senate seats and we get six. Hmm. The Supreme Court has three direct appointees from Quebec, and we get none. You think, I mean, there's no possible way that that's going to continue. So a, a renegotiation of our confederation is coming, whether it happens now or 15 years from now or 30 years from now. Um, the, the foundational, um, I think, biases that we've seen in thinking that Alberta and the West is just going to be a source of resource wealth and wealth transfer to the to central government, that that's just not going to work anymore. There, there will be a point, especially with British Columbia also growing in stature and wealth, and us having uh, partnerships with Saskatchewan and Manitoba, who I, I think that we can work collaboratively with. At some point, we have to have a, a, a different conversation about how this country is going to work, and we may as well lead that. I think I think it's time. Daniel Smith, thank you so much for coming on the show. Real pleasure. Please come back. I think. Uh... Uh, people in Ontario and elsewhere uh, across the country need to hear what you're saying because I think it's a lesson to every premier in the province of uh, every province, not just uh, Alberta. I think uh, every premier should be listening to what you're saying and, uh, you know, rowing in the same direction. Because Lord knows. I totally you know, agree. Yeah. All right. Once thank- we get there, if we're, all, if we're all acting independently, I think that this country will operate as it should and i think that that's a vision that we should all be working towards totally agree with you how and do, i'd love to come back again please do uh how do people support you oh go online daniellesmith.ca um i think you have you have to be an alberta resident if you want to vote in our leadership contest memberships have to be purchased by august the 12th i think you also have to be a resident of alberta if you want to contribute to the campaign so I don't know how many of your listeners are from the Alberta area. You'd but they be can surprised. Also find my uh, I, okay, well, I, I hear from Albertans all the time. All the time. Fantastic. Right. Well, I, 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 hopefully they'll, uh, they'll sign up and, and uh, give some support. I do a newsletter every week, so I keep people posted on what I'm up to. But it's going to be a pretty busy campaign for the next few weeks. Daniel Smith. All right.